Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10, called His Work of Art. God wants the world to be saved, but if we refuse grace, we will not be saved. Now go to Romans chapter five. Romans five, look at verse one. Just a few books back. Romans five, verse one. Therefore, having been justified by what? By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now it is by grace that we are saved, but we must appropriate it through faith. Go to Romans 10, look at verse nine. Romans 10, verse 9. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you what? You shall be saved. For whoever, look at verse 13, will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. There is a response of man, and it is the Greek word pistis here, Uh, to place your faith in, to place your reliance upon, to trust in. True saving faith is belief combined with trust. Now, I'm going to give you three Latin words that Professor Hawkins used to give us in a class, and they are these three words, if you want to write them down, notitia, ascensus, and fiducia. Now, if you don't care, don't worry about it. (laughs) Take your best shot, because I'm not going to take time to spell them. Notitia, ascensus, and fiducia. Now, notitia, N-O-T-I-T-I-A, is raw information or data. A census, just like it sounds, means to assent to a set of facts. I agree that is true. But fiducia means to place your trust in. Notitia is necessary but not sufficient. A census is necessary but not sufficient. You must cross the line into fiducia to be saved. I'll give you an example. Let's say that you had a rare disease and your doctor said, this disease is going to kill you. So you do all this research on WebMD. You got the symptoms. Your doctors confirmed it. And now you're reading all these case studies and you you realize you have this, you're going to die. But now you start reading case studies where you realize that this Dr. Strunk in Germany who has the antidote. And as you read case study after case study, you realize that every time he gives an injection to a patient with these symptoms, they don't die. They are healed. So you know you have the disease. You agree to the set of facts, notitia. You assent. You have the raw information. You assent. You agree that it's true. You have it. You're going to die. But then you realize that Dr. Strunk has the antidote. But until you get on a plane and fly to Germany and receive the injection, you're still going to die. You must cross the line from notitia and a census agreement with the facts to fiducia. You must place your trust. If you don't get the injection, you're still going to die. I believe there's a God. I believe Jesus walked on the earth. I believe that he died on the cross and rose again from the dead. But until you trust in him, you are not saved. Now, in the classic treatment on this, the book of James addresses this. And and people often think that James and Paul disagreed. No, they actually agreed. 
But James is looking at it from man's perspective. He says, if a man says he has faith, but doesn't have works, can that type of faith, can that faith or that said faith save him? And he says, no. You must have works that accompany faith because faith without works is dead. And then he gives the illustration of Abraham. 30 years before Abraham ever took Isaac up on the mount in Genesis 22, he was justified by faith. And his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. 30 years later, the manifestation of that real faith came out in the sacrifice, or at least he was going to sacrifice Isaac, and God stopped him. So works became the testimony on a horizontal plane. Grace saves you vertically. Man sees the reality of your faith, how? Horizontally. This is what James says. And he says in that section, even the demons believe that God is one and they shudder. But they have not trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation, obviously. And John MacArthur said that demons have one up on a lot of people. Because the demons believe that God is one, and at least they shake. Most people say there's a God, but they won't humble themselves before him and thus come to him in repentance. And without repentance and faith, you don't appropriate the gift of salvation because God's not going to force it on you because without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, faith is a challenging thing. But you know what? Everybody lives by faith. Every time you drive through a drive-thru, you just took a leap of faith. You know that, right? You don't know who's making that food. Yeah? You open up a can of soda, right? You get on the the freeway, right? Well, we're all living by faith. But remember, faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. If someone tells you they have faith, ask them, faith in what? I know you have faith. Everybody has faith every day. Just to get in your car, it takes faith. But what is your faith ultimately in to save your soul? If it is some undefined God, are you sure you want to do that? You want to risk all eternity on some undefined being that you've actually made in your own image? Don't do that. Jesus said, what will it profit a man if you gain the whole world? Not simply a city block, not an island like the movie stars get. And we think, oh, wouldn't it be cool to own an island? But if you gain the whole world, if you forfeit your soul, Jesus said it's not worth it. So to the Gospel of John, just a couple books back, go to John chapter 1. So the gift is there, John 1 verse 10. And it says these words, He, Jesus, was in the world, John 1.10, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, John 1.11, and those who were his own did not, what? Receive him. There's the idea of appropriation or faith. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who, here's our word, who believe in his name. Now that's a form of the word faith. Faith is belief, but it is not simply intellectual knowledge of a set of facts. It is fiducia. You must cross a line from facts to faith. Amen? 
And that means that you are placing your trust in the merits of another. You're not saying, I can add anything to my salvation. You're saying, Jesus, you paid for my uh, sin at the cross, and I trust in you. The Philippian jailer, after he had brought them out, said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Acts 16.31. And they said, work your way into heaven. No, they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. By the way, that is not a story about household salvation because in the next few verses, it says that the whole household got baptized. That was a prophetic announcement, not a general announcement about salvation. But the, the Acts 16.31 is important to understand. What must I do to be saved? Here's the classic question, great question. Believe. Pistuo is the Greek word. Trust. Place your full confidence in Jesus Christ. Stories told of a man who came eagerly but very late to a revival meeting, found the workmen tearing down the tent in which the meetings had been held. Frantic at missing the evangelist, he decided to ask one of the workers what he could do to be saved. The workman, who was a Christian, replied, you can't do anything. It's too late. Horrified, the man said, what do you mean? What do you mean? How can it be too late? The work has already been accomplished, he was told. There is nothing you need to do but believe it. Acts 13.39 says, And through him, Jesus, everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. Now faith, of course, we place faith to appropriate salvation, but then faith grows. Faith is going to be tested. Can I get a witness? And faith will be perfected. I want you to go with that idea to Hebrews chapter 12. So towards the back of your New Testament. So you you trust in Jesus Christ. You place your full confidence in him. And then he begins to work in your life. Justification happens in a moment. At the moment of salvation. Sanctification, another big word. Hebrews 12.1. is going to take the rest of your life. We'll talk about that. Hebrews 12. See the connecting word, therefore, verse 1 takes us back to the great hall of faith where all these people live by faith. Since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12, surrounding us, verse 1, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now I want you to keep this verse in mind for what's ahead of us. The NIV says the race marked out before us. You're going to see that after Paul talks about grace being, uh, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's not by works. Then he's going to say you are created for something now. A race that's been marked out for you, before you. Look at Hebrews 12, a race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is what? He's the author and perfecter. Of faith. That's the business that Jesus is in, the faith perfecting business, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. So it is this wonderful gift of grace, back to Ephesians 2 8, by which we are saved, crease, favor. God looking on us with grace and favor, not anything that we had done, just because he is a God of mercy. So in Ephesians 2.8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, 
And this is a bit redundant, but I think Paul is being redundant on purpose because <laughs> he wants to make sure we've got it. And that not of yourselves. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12, surrounding us, verse 1, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, I want you to keep this verse in mind for what's ahead of us. The NIV says the race marked out before us. You're going to see that after Paul talks about grace being, uh, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's not by works. Then he's going to say you are created for something now. A race that's been marked out for you, before you. Look at Hebrews 12 race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is what? He's the author and perfecter of faith. That's the business that Jesus is in, the faith-perfecting business, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. So it is this wonderful gift of grace, back to Ephesians 2, 8, by which we are saved, grace, favor, God looking on us with grace and favor, not anything that we had done, just because he is a God of mercy. So in Ephesians 2, 8, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is a bit redundant, but I think Paul is being redundant on purpose because <laughs> he wants to make sure we've got it. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You don't add anything to it. It is a gift. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You don't receive a free gift and then say to somebody, what do I owe you? It doesn't work that way. A gift is a gift, and God has given that gift by grace. It is not of ourselves. And look at verse 9. 
just to emphasize the point, it is not as a result of works that no one should boast. Dr. Martin stood at a podium one time and did this. Not by works, not by works, not by works. He says that has to be driven into the souls and hearts of men because even though we've read the verses, I'm not sure we always believe it. I'm not sure we always believe it. And I think the devil tries to convince us otherwise because it just sounds so fantastic. You mean to tell me that I am saved wholly dependent upon the actions of somebody else? And the answer to that question is yes. Paid in full. Did you hear that? No more coupon book. No more sin on the blackboard. He's no longer counting your sins against you. He has removed them as far as the east is from the west. He, when he sees you, he sees you through the finished work of his son. And you are a beloved saint. And you are, as we're going to see in a moment, his masterpiece. But before we go there, I want you to go to Romans 4. Because I'm going to drive the point home tonight because I know we all need it. Romans 4, verse 1. Now this subject of Abraham is certainly a big subject. And after Paul spends three chapters saying that the whole world is guilty before God, he says these words, Romans 4, verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, is found? Because certainly the Jews would say, Abraham, 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 look at what he did. For if Abraham, Romans 4, 2, was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? This is the question we should always ask as Christians. What does the Bible say? And Abraham, what did he do? He believed God, and it, his belief in God, was reckoned. That word logizomai in Greek is an accounting term. It means to credit or to impute to one's account. Was reckoned to him as righteousness. In other words, he had right standing before God because of his faith. Now, to the one who works, his wage is not reckoned as a favor. There's that word favor. Remember the idea of grace. But as what is due or something owed. But to the one who does not work, but what? Believes in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is reckoned, there's logizomai again, as what? Righteousness. Now, if you came and said, Pastor Michael, I'm a little low on work. I want to do some work. Do you have anything? And I said, okay, you can pull my weeds because I hate doing that. And I'll pay you 10 bucks an hour. And so let's say you stayed at my house all day long, 10 hours, and you come at the end of the day and you say, okay, let's settle up. And I say, all right, it's, I'm going to give you this gift of $100. I just, you know, I'm a, just a really, a, I'm a gracious guy. And you go, wait a minute. You and I agreed that you'd pay me $10 an hour. I work for 10 hours. Therefore, what you're giving me is not a gift. I earn that money, right? And so that, it wouldn't be reckoned as a favor. It's what's due to you. And you know what's due to you if you come before God at the end of your life? You know what you've earned? Judgment. The wages of sin is death. That's our wage. That's what we deserve because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But God doesn't reckon as a a wage for something that we've earned. He reckons it as a favor. And he bestows upon us the grace of God. And so just in rapid fire, if you want to follow along, I'm going to stay in Romans. Go to Romans 3, verse 20. 
Because by the works of the law, Romans 3.20, no flesh will be justified in his sight, but through the law comes, notice, the knowledge of sin. Skip down to verse 27, Romans 3. Where then is the boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith, notice, apart from the works of the law. Keep turning, go to Romans 11, verse 6. Romans 11, verse 6. But if it is by grace, notice, it is no longer on the basis of works, otherwise grace is no longer grace. You can't have the two combined in the salvation reality. It's either grace or works. And God says it's not works because no one's going to boast in my presence. The only thing that we're going to boast about is in the cross of Jesus Christ. It is by grace. And if it is by grace, then works are excluded. Just a couple other verses so that you can write them down. Titus 3, 4 through 7. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we might be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Galatians 2.16 says, Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we uh, have believed in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Galatians 2.16. Can it be any more emphatic in the Bible? And we could go on. Titus 2.10-14 says these words. Not pilfering, but showing all good faith. Why don't you turn over to Titus, because I'm going to show you one more, and then we'll go back and finish it up. Titus 2.10. Not pilfering, but showing all good faith that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in every respect. For the grace of God, Titus 2.11, has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, Titus 2.12, instructing us to deny ungodliness. Now, grace does teach us things, and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. If you're looking for deity verses that Jesus is God, there's a main deity verse for Jesus being God. He's our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, Titus 2.14, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed, and purify for himself a people for his own possession. Notice, zealous for good deeds. You've been listening to His Work of Art, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Hey, and if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow Walk in Truth on social media. We'd love to see who's listening. Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow us at at Walk in Truth Show. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
Well, we're excited to invite you to a coming 633 event. Now, these are these special apologetics uh, evenings that we do. They're on Sunday nights. They start at 633 in the evening. And we have a special guest, Pastor Christian Ionescu. Now, Christian has a story to tell about his experience in his city where he went through a lot of different stuff, but he also has a family history in communism. And he's going to share with us some concerns he has for our country as it relates to communism and socialism. And tell us really what that is and what can we learn from that and how can we be praying for our country and be wise about just how we see our own governmental process and voting and the rights and privileges we have in the United States. That's happening August 22nd, Pastor Christian Ionescu, 633. Hey, we're located at 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona. The church is Living Truth Christian Fellowship. This event will also be live streamed. But remember, it would be better if you're here because in in person is always better. But if you can't make it or if you're out of the area, it will live stream on August 22nd with guest pastor Christian Ionescu. So if you want more information, go to walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. And thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. Praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, could you please consider becoming a partner of at least $5 a month? You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, called His Work of Art. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.